0: hello everyone happy wednesday the week is halfway over we have two more days till friday how excited are you welcome back to another episode of killer instinct you guys if you are new here thank you so much for tuning in if you are returning thank you so much for coming back my name is savannah brimer i am your host here on killer instinct make sure you go ahead and hit that follow button really quick before we get started that way you're always up to date on the weekly episodes we post here also if you could go ahead and rate this podcast and maybe leave a review that would be great i would really appreciate it it really helps me out All right, you guys, let's talk about today's case because, oh my goodness all right so for today's case we are talking about an insane case and I know I say that every week but it's so true they just get crazier so this happened about two decades ago but it actually wasn't solved until about a year ago so with that being said let's just jump right on into it because there isn't that much of a backstory so let's just let's just dive in so today as you can tell by the title of the episode we are talking about Loria Bible and Ashley Freeman Loria was born on April April. April 18th of 1983 and Ashley was born on December 29th of 1983. Both of these girls were living in Welch, Oklahoma with their families and they were going to school and Ashley and Loria were the best of friends. They were the true definition of friendship. They had been friends since kindergarten. According to Loria's mom, the two have just been inseparable ever since they met. They called each other at least once a week. They always knew what the other one was thinking and they always finished each other's sentences. They were the true definition poster of what best friends should be. Loria was actually a cheerleader in school and Ashley played basketball in school. And Ashley had a boyfriend at the time and his name was Jeremy. And both of the girls' lives seemed to be pretty good. You know, they were both going to school. They both had activities that they enjoyed doing. Ashley had a boyfriend. They had each other. Things seemed to be pretty good for the both of them. But now let's talk about December 29th of 1999. So, like I said earlier, Ashley was born on December 29th, and on this year in particular, she was celebrating her 16th birthday, and she had Loria and Jeremy come over to her house to help her celebrate with her parents, Kathy and Danny. So, all of them went to a local pizza place, and then they returned to Ashley's house so Loria and Ashley could have a sleepover to kind of tie together the end of what was supposed to be a great birthday. So Jeremy had left the house at about 9.30 p.m. and then the girls went to bed shortly after that and everything seemed to be pretty fine until about 5.30 a.m. the following morning when one of the Freeman neighbors actually called the police because there was a fire coming from the Freeman home. When the police and firefighters arrived, they immediately had to extinguish the fire, but once they did, they were in shock as to what they saw, because what they saw was Kathy laying in her bed, and at this point, obviously, she had unfortunately been killed from what the police thought was a fire, but after an autopsy, it was confirmed that Kathy, Ashley's mother, had actually been shot in the head, which was what her cause of death was, and after the police did some searching, they realized that Loria, Ashley, and danny ashley's father were nowhere to be found police at this point thought that danny had lit the house on fire and then kidnapped loria and ashley and took them to god knows where so that was kind of the theory they were originally running with they thought that danny killed kathy and then took loria and ashley but this theory was really only the beginning So the following day, Loria's parents decided that they were going to go to the Freeman's house to see the scene for themselves and do some searching of their own. I could only imagine what they were thinking at this point, you know, thinking that they're just giving their daughter, like letting their daughter go to another sleepover and in return their house is on fire, their daughter is missing, like I can't even imagine that. But once they got there, it took them only minutes to make a huge discovery that completely debunked the police's original theory. After doing the little searching that they did do, they actually came across Danny's body. Now, Danny at this point had been completely deteriorated, and after the autopsy results went through, it was able to determine that, similar to Kathy, he had also been shot to death. So, whatever happened, both Danny and Kathy were shot, and then the house was set on fire. That was what the police knew at this point. But even though the police now had Kathy and Danny's body, they still didn't have Loria and Ashley. So they were just completely confused as to what could possibly happen. Because now their theory of Danny being responsible for all of this goes completely out the window. So now they're back to square one. So investigators started doing some more digging into what was left of the home, hoping that something else would pop up. And fortunately for them, something did. In the home, they found Loria's purse, which had her driver's license in it, as well as $200 inside of it. So having found Loria's purse really pushed the authorities to believe that Loria did not leave the home willingly because if she would have left willingly, she probably would have at least grabbed the money, like $200, like if you're going off, on your own like let's say her plan was to run away and start a new life and whatever like you would grab the $200 you know because why you it would help you you would grab it but finding that purse also ruled out a robbery with the money that was found because obviously if there was a robbery they would have taken the money so when police were initially starting their investigation on this they really didn't know where to begin as far as suspects or leads or people of interest they had none of that but not too long after the murders, Dwayne, who was actually Danny's brother, came forward and said about three months before this had all happened, that uh, Danny told him that if anything were to ever to happen to him, to look at the Craig County Sheriff's Department, which at this time, this was the department that was working on this case. So, this kind of added a really weird element to all of this, and Danny had a reason for this. This was because Danny had a son, and his son was named Shane, and Shane was actually shot and killed by a deputy officer after he stole a truck and a neighbor's gun. So, The shooting was actually rule justifiable because Shane was committing a crime, but Danny was not having it, and he was actually planning on filing a wrongful death lawsuit. So he kind of thought that the department was going to have some vendetta out against him and told Dwayne that if anything were to happen to him, to look at them because he was planning on suing them, basically. So because of this, the department decided that it was best if they removed themselves from this investigation, which led the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation to take over and the sheriff's officer was looked into a little bit but he was eventually ruled out and he had taken a polygraph test and passed and after some questioning police just realized and kind of came to the conclusion that this officer was not involved in the murder and disappearance of this family so police ended up dabbling into the theory that danny was a drug trafficker and they thought that maybe he had a run-in with the wrong people like a drug deal gone bad police just theorized that it would have been a lot easier for them to kind of, in lack of a better term, get the job done right then and there. There were actually two convicted killers who came forward and confessed to murdering Loria and Ashley, and their names are Tommy Lynn and Jeremy Jones. They both confessed to murdering the girls, but they actually both ended up recanting their statements, and police were searching everywhere. They were searching in lakes, in mines, and they extended their search well over state lines at this point but they weren't finding their girls anywhere they were having zero luck but then there was a break okay we're gonna take a short break but we will be right back with more of the killer instinct podcast imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, apartments.com's instant alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one with more rental listings than anywhere else apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you apartments.com the place to find a place all right you guys welcome back So, this case went on for a while with no new leads, no new anything. Police weren't really getting any luck with anything that they were doing, and it kind of went cold after a while because of that, which was really upsetting and frustrating to the families and everyone involved in this case. But then, in December of 2017, there were new investigators on this case, which allowed for a fresh set of eyes, which, in my opinion, is always a good idea. And these investigators actually made a huge discovery. So, the investigators, went back to the original files of this case and the original files of the investigation and they discovered some notes inside of a box that had been apparently lost for all of these years. I don't know how they got lost, I don't know why they got lost, but they were lost for apparently a decent period of time and then when these new investigators came to reopen the case they found these original notes which was huge for them and these notes helped the investigators follow up on some old leads and actually it led to an arrest. On April 23rd of 2018, which was just five days after what would have been Loria's 35th birthday, Ronnie Dean Busick was arrested and charged with the murders of Loria, Ashley, Danny, and Kathy, as well as kidnapping and arson of the Freemans' home. There were also two other suspects named Warren Welch and David Pennington, but both Warren and David had died before they could be arrested, unfortunately. Not unfortunately that they died, but unfortunately it had to be before they were arrested. I'm sure as you can tell, none of these men had clean records. They all had been known for drug use and things like that. And when the police started looking into this case and when they started looking more into these three men in particular, they were able to figure out and kind of come up with the idea that Warren Welch was pretty much the mastermind behind this entire thing and that David and Ronnie were kind of like his backups and his sidekicks and were kind of there to help him get the job done. But Warren was more so the leader of the group. So now I want to take a second to talk about why it took almost two decades for the police to piece this together because I'm about to tell you guys some things that you were going to be like, why did it take so long? So after the new investigators found this box of original notes from the case, they ended up tracking down one of the original investigators who was first placed on this case and his name is Tom Pryor and they tracked down Tom in hopes that he could help them with any original files that they may be missing and when they got to see Tom Tom actually didn't have any files unfortunately but he did have a much more damning piece of evidence Tom Pryor actually had an insurance card now that might not seem like anything special right now but this insurance card was found at the original crime scene and it belonged to Warren Welch's girlfriend which what like okay like this completely plays places him at the crime scene but besides that this was Warren Welch's girlfriend's insurance card Warren Welch's girlfriend's insurance card and Warren would sometimes drive his girlfriend's car and this insurance card places him directly at the crime scene and why this was not looked into more when this first came out and when this first was found I have no idea but now luckily with the police doing what they were able to do at this point this was like really the piece that put the puzzle together and with all the information that they had the prosecutors pretty much set up a scenario that they believe was the most likely to happen so prosecutors believe that David Warren and Ronnie all went to Danny Freeman's trailer to settle a bad a drug deal which was kind of like one of the theories that we talked about just a little bit ago something that the police had thought prior to and they think that after killing danny and kathy warren david and ronnie decided to take loria and ashley out of the house to quote unquote have fun with them which is just ah it makes me so mad so according to people who knew david warren and ronnie Well, here's the funny thing about them. They committed this and they had no problem telling people that they did. They actually kind of bragged about it to some people that they knew. They bragged about raping them. They bragged about murdering them. They bragged that no one had ever figured out it was them yet. And so people who knew these monsters actually came forward after a while and told investigators that all three of them used to brag about raping and murdering the girls, and they actually told them that they strangled them to death after a matter of days and then they ended up throwing them and disposing of their body into a pit. One of Warren Welch's girlfriends, and I couldn't figure out if this was the same girlfriend that I had mentioned prior, but she said that she had actually lived with Warren following the months of the disappearance and murder of the girls. And according to her, she said that Warren had decorated the walls of his trailer with missing posters of the girls that promised a $50,000 reward. And I feel like that might be a red flag flag for someone, but I don't know, who knows. But if that wasn't a red flag enough, Warren's girlfriend found something even more incriminating. She actually ended up finding pictures. So not long after the murders, Warren was actually arrested for domestic violence on his girlfriend and she chose to stay with him, which is a different conversation for a different time. But while he was in jail and she was at their home that they shared, she found a leather briefcase that she hadn't seen before. So she decided to open up this briefcase and she ended up finding Polaroid pictures that she says she is 100% certain were the same girls in the reward posters that Warren hung up on their. Trailer walls. And in one of the pictures, she says that she actually recognized one of the beds as being the same bed that's in her bedroom that her and Warren shared. So this girlfriend probably didn't live with Warren during the exact time of the kidnapping and murders of Loria and Ashley, but she did live with him pretty quickly after it. But there isn't a lot of information on their timeline together, but that's just what I could piece together. Obviously, there's not a lot of information on their timeline because it's not. Not the most crucial piece of information out there warren's girlfriend said that when she found the pictures instead of calling the police which i feel like that would be the first thing you do but she decided to throw these pictures in the trunk of an abandoned car and she ended up driving to a friend's house and leaving warren that same day and when warren got out of jail he was not Happy Warren ended up calling his girlfriend over and over again and was panicking and very demanding about wanting to know where the pictures were. And he threatened her by saying, quote, don't you ever tell anybody or you will end up in a pit just like those two girls, end quote. Other people who knew Ronnie, Warren, and David said that all three of them would try and show off and, like, brag about the Polaroid pictures of the crime. They would shove it in their face and say, here, look, almost in the way that they were proud of the images they took and they were proud of the torture that they put these girls through. So with this all being said, there are a lot of things that don't sit right with me on this case. I'm very, very relieved that some sort of justice has been solved as far as who was responsible for this but the girls the remains have never been found to this day they are still out there the insurance card that had been held off was literally such a big piece of evidence that i have no idea why it wasn't used to put the pieces together earlier and why it wasn't like connected beforehand and investigators said that these three men were continuously mentioned by people who called in tips over the years but still it took two decades almost two decades to get them and to lock them up and by that point two of the men had already died and that's what's so frustrating is that those two men will never be brought to justice i do want to talk about loria's family for a second because they have been so incredibly strong throughout this entire process i have like i can't even imagine how grueling it is on them but when ronnie was arrested he actually requested to speak with loria's mother and to my surprise when i was doing my research she actually ended up agreeing and i think it was because she just wanted answers but unfortunately she didn't end up getting any ronnie said that he had no idea where the girls were disposed at where their bodies were he completely denied knowing any of that information and was really sticking to the story that it was warren who was more so the mastermind behind all of this and that he just kind of went along for it but that he wasn't involved in the disposing of it which personally i do not believe i think that for as long as they hadn't been caught and for clearly how proud they were of boasting about what they did that he 100 knows like there's no way he does not know where they are so that's really upsetting to me because it's just another game that he was trying to play like he was just trying to connive his way back and manipulate and just be disgust disgusting like there's I there's no other words other than horrendous disgusting and loria's family ever since her disappearance had actually kept up their Christmas tree because it was a like it was a tradition for them to take down the holiday decorations and they kept up the Christmas tree for seven years it wasn't until 2006 that the Christmas tree actually ended up breaking which is really sad and unfortunate and I could see how that might be so defeating but I feel like we're at a place in this case and where the investigators are at in this case where they have recently made this arrest it was about a a little over a year ago at this point and I think that this time now more than ever it is very possible to figure out where these girls are they are still out there somewhere they deserve to come home they deserve to have full justice and I think that it's very important to even though this case is like half solved to keep talking about it because the girls are still out there and they still haven't gotten the justice that they deserve yet The police work in this case really frustrates me because, like I mentioned earlier, it was two decades with tons of clues. You know, I would understand if there was no evidence, if there was nothing, but to know that there was a literal insurance card of Warren's girlfriend at the crime scene, as well as so many people calling in tips saying that these three guys are, like, sketchy and weird and they should be checked out and why that connection wasn't made, it really irritates me and it just really doesn't sit right with me at all because I feel like this could have been solved a lot quicker and if it was solved a lot quicker, maybe they would have been able to find the girls a lot quicker. Like, if they would have been able to get to all three men before Warren and David had died, like, I feel like it would have been easier to get them to crack you know but that is just my opinion I just hope through all of this this is just spreading the word on this case I had never heard of it and it's such a crazy case like I cannot believe I had never heard of it up until a couple weeks ago and in doing my research it just baffles me more and more the deeper I look into it but I would love to know your guys's opinion on it so definitely make sure to dm me you can do that at just my ads on instagram and twitter it's just savannah brimer or you can send me an email at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com and that is also where you can send in your case recommendations if you have any for me that's where I get all of my case recommendations and that's what I really take into consideration and put on my list and all of that type of stuff so definitely reach out to me with your theories and what you think and also if you have any other case recommendations for me again it's just killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com all right you guys thank you so much for tuning into another episode of killer instinct that is all from me today. Today, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Be safe, you guys. There's so many bad things going on in the world, so just be nice to each other. Be safe, and I will see you next week. Make sure to go ahead, like I said earlier, click that follow button, rate, review all of those great things. I would really appreciate it. And with that being said, that is all for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to another very, very, very important story, and I will see you next week. Stay safe guys.